previously on Too Close to Home. We set up the story about Fred and Rosemary West and their shitty beginnings and the beauty of their unholy matrimony and all the abuse and incest thereof. Warning, this is definitely a Mushroom Stamp episode. Let's get in it! People say I'm lucky to have survived, but I wish I had died. I can still taste the fear, still feel the pain. It's like going back to being a child again. And that's Anne Marie West. That was really sad. I know. We were just joking before this episode started, and I just brought it down. Yeah, you did. Ancient. <laughs> Way to kill my high. <laughs> Got a vibe. <laughs> All right, so let's go over the uh, sauces again. Love always, Mom. First of all, this is Becky. Oh, right. This is Jen. <laughs> and this is too close to home. <laughs> Welcome. Part two of Fred and Rosemary West. Why aren't y'all in my brain already? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Get it. Get it. Love always, Mom by Mae West. Uh, last podcast on the left had episode 153 on Fred and Rosemary West. Grunge.com, Born to Kill, season one, episode one. In today's episode, we're going to go into Cromwell Street, which is a very uh, infamous street in the UK. Try not to burp because I've just been drinking Dr. Pepper. <laughs> 25 Cromwell Street was purchased by the West and became an address that is synonymous with torture and murder. The upstairs was actually converted to rooms for lodgers so they could make money. And many of these lodgers, both men and women, had sex with Rosemary. She actually bragged to several people that no man or woman could completely satisfy her. Hard flex, but okay. Yeah. To maintain a degree of privacy for his own family, Fred installed a cooker, which is like a stove, and a wash basin on the first floor landing in order that the lodgers need not enter the ground floor where the West family lived, and only he and his family were permitted access to the garden of the property, which is the backyard. So he kept it, kept them real segregated, but that was a good way for them to bring in passive money. This also really launched Rosemary's sex work career. She had her own room just for this. It included a, bribe, a private bar and a red light outside the door, which warned that Rose was busy and that she need not be disturbed. She also carried the sole key to this room around her neck. Most of Rosemary's clientele were West Indies and African. Advertising her services in a local contact magazine under the name Mandy. Oh. Um, Fred, although extremely racist, was obsessed with seeing her getting railed by her clients. So he had people strategically around Mandy's room so he could creepily watch because he was a voyeur. That is disturbing. Mm -hmm. Well, it gets worse. He, inst he also installed a baby monitor in the room, allowing him to listen from elsewhere in the house. You can take your shit on the go. Your creepiness on the go. All right then. Could you imagine walking around the house with a... With a no. Like it's a walkie-talkie. Ah! <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> he actually had a separate doorbell installed to the household too. So the clients would do like, you ring this bell for the house and this bell for Mandy. Huh. wonder what the difference in the sounds was. One was like... Mom was like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> come and get it. Yeah. 
much of the money earned from Rose's prostitution was actually spent on home improvements. <laughs> he loved to like build shit out, right? So he, he liked, you know, um, rugs and accessory pillows for the couch. And there had to be a lava lamp in there. Tell oh, me there wasn't. Tell me there wasn't. It's the seventies. <laughs> so in the basement, that was Fred's torture chamber for a time. He built it out, soundproof of walls and stuff. What's better than a torture chamber funded by prostitute money? Oh, yeah. And you know what gets it even better? The first victim of that torture chamber was Anne Marie. The, the daughter? One, the daughter. She was eight years old, and she was the first one to see the inside of the chamber as a victim. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. He undressed her and gagged her, and then, uh, while tied up, Fred raped her. At eight? Mm-hmm. The whole time, this is Fred and Rosemary doing this to her. They're mm. telling her, and he said this to all his daughters, that it's a father's responsibility to break in his daughter. And at I, eight. And, I, and so the whole time he's raping her, they're both saying, you're so lucky to have parents that are willing to do this for you, to get you prepared for your husband so you can sexually satisfy him. Oh, okay. And how fucked up that had to be, like, to be told at eight years old, this thing that's traumatically happening to you. You're so lucky. Oh, my God. You're so blessed. Right? And so Rose told her, I'm like, this is completely normal. This is what all dads do. I mean, obviously, her dad done it. Yeah. So to her, she thinks this is normal. She's like, it's just something people don't talk about it. Just get on with it. She also gave the advice to just lay there and let him at it. Don't fight back. It's faster and less painful that way. They used a vibrator on her um, till Fred raped her. And in Anne Marie's estimate, she was raped about 300 times by Fred. Oh my God. They, was, they did talk about like when she was done, how um, Rosemary threw her a pad and was like, just calm down about it. You're, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a little blood. But mm -hmm. he had completely hurt her. Yeah. Eight-year-old bodies aren't made for that. No. Their first babysitter, Caroline Owens, in October 1972, would also be tortured in there. She met Fred and Rosemary hitchhiking. I hate that. Mm, I know that that was prime hitchhiking time, but I'm like, fuck it. They pick her up, and they're, like, asking her where she's going, and she's like, well, I'm going here. They're like, well, we're not going, but we'll take you. You know, because we're nice. They're a couple, right? And... There are serial killers that have done that brought a woman along to help mm -hmm. calm people because if a, a woman's not going to hurt another woman, right? Well, they say, hey, you know, we've been looking for a nanny for our kids. I mean, you would be perfect. You know, you can come live with us. We'll feed you. You just have to help us watch the kids. They even went and met her parents, sat down, and they were like, uh, the parents recalled them being like pretty respectable, a little odd, but you know, seemed like it'd be a good thing for her. He also would make weird statements. And one time he told her Anne-Marie had lost her virginity at eight. And there was a, um interview that I saw of her and she was like, he said that. And I was like, what? Like, hold on. What happened? Like, wait, yeah. that's not right. And he goes, oh, oh, well, well, it was an accident. She was on a bike and the seat fell down and then it, it penetrated her and it hurt her. So she, that's what he meant, that she lost her virginity. Not the same thing. Not the same thing. He also told her that him and Rose were part of a sex circle and wanted her to join for fun. 
he also told her that Rosemary was a masseuse and that's why all the men were coming and going. Oh, she was giving massages. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Happy endings. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's going on with that doorbell? Ah! <laughs> and the red light. There was even like an interview where um, the girls had turned on the red light in the window, I guess. And Fred lost his shit. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to get us in trouble because red lights are known for prostitutes, advertising prostitutes. And <laughs> how dare y'all do that without my knowing? And like, <laughs> the kids are just like, it's just a red light, you know? Yeah. Uh, so she gets really uncomfortable after he like pretty much keeps trying to grope her and come at her and she quits later on. She's hitchhiking again and they pull up and they're like, we're so sorry. I feel so guilty. You know, um, the kids really missed her. And one of the statements this woman has made, it was like when I they hired me, it was like, this was my dream job. I wanted to be a nanny. Weird goal, but OK. You know, but it was her dream. So she's like probably torn apart because the kids miss her. She probably did like the kids. Yeah. So she decided she would go along with it and let them give her a ride. And they start driving and he goes and asks her for sex. And she's like, bro. For the hundredth time. No, no. Like she's saying no. And he goes, go on, Rose. See if she's wet. And Rose takes her hand and just dies down, puts it in her crotch. And then a fight ensues, right? Because she's like, fuck, what the fuck, you know? Yeah. And to the point where Fred ends up punching her twice and knocks her the fuck out. And that when she wakes up, she's in the basement of Cromwell Street tied up. They whip her with a belt and Rosemary sexually assaults her until she invites Fred over to join in. And so while she's molesting her, while she's tied up, Fred's taking Rose from behind. I could not imagine a worse thing to look at. Fred West is his name? Mm-hmm. Fred and Rosemary West. It'll be a, there's a ton of pictures of them as a couple. Oh, here he is. He oh. looks like Leprechaun to me. That's her? Mm-hmm. They don't look like serial killers. No. There are some photos of him when he was younger before his accident, and he's okay looking they talk about him being super handsome and was like the pick of but then again british people you know what i'm saying we're not the best <laughs> genes we're all pale pasty freckled <laughs> fucking jacked up teeth i say that because that's my ancestry oh they end up doing this for like 12 hours molesting her hurting her and all that and eventually like they're script they're telling her like if you scream i'm gonna let my my black friends this is a quote, leave you for my black friends to take care of, meaning gang raped. Mm. And so at some point she's like, this is, I don't know what to do, you know. And Rosemary goes on to get the kids ready for school the next morning. Fred's down there by himself and he rapes her. And then after he rapes her, he breaks down crying. And she's like, the fuck? And apparently Rosemary forbid, forbid him to do anything without her. And that she was for her, for his and Rosemary's enjoyment. So if Rosemary found out that he fucked her, raped her, whatever, without her, she would be livid and probably would murder her. And he's like, so listen, if you just say you'll stay and be our nanny and not tell Rosemary that I did this, we'll let you go. And she's like, sure, absolutely. So she went in, went upstairs, got dressed, went upstairs, was helping the kids get ready for school. And then she was like, oh, 
I got to go down the store, get get a couple cigarettes. And then she ran home. They were arrested afterwards. But Caroline was so afraid to testify, they were let off with a small five fine of 25 pounds each. Jesus. This taught them that it's best not to risk someone getting out again. So it meant murder to keep them safe. But if you do get caught, it's not like you're going to really get in trouble. Yeah, that's basically what they learned. Mm-hmm. And they also discovered that they needed to go after girls with less strong familiar ties. You know, I don't need to have they don't need to have a lot of friends. They need to come from estranged backgrounds, have tough lives. Uh, that way, if they disappear, people will just assume they're a runaway. Yeah. So the known victims. At first, the cellar was where the torture and the murders would take place. Fred's experience in the abattoir came into place when he would, uh, I guess he also participated in butchering the animals and stuff. He would string the bodies up like cattle and left them for long periods of time. Sometimes the deceased would hang for so long they would mummify, like Mm. their body would dry out. He would use the same tools on his construction job as he would on their bodies. Mm. And it would be like, all right, I got to go to work today. All right, time to do do some fun. Like, Mm-mm-mm. he would take the fingers and the toes, and he also liked to decapitate the bodies. He also liked to um, commit necrophilia. Again, let's round it out. Once the cellar was filled with bodies, he covered the ground with cement and made it into a bedroom for the children. Oh, my God. May recalls that there was an odd smell in the basement. And then when it rained, because it was below the water or above the water, whatever, the water table. Oh, there's a high water table in the area that when it rained, the water would rise. And it would be like dark, murky, foul smelling. Because there was bodies under there. Yeah. He just laid a thin ass thing of concrete. Yeah. Put some beds down there. And if you Google it, you'll see there the basement. You think it's like a nice basement. No, it's like definitely people where people died and then they're like there's children's paintings on the wall like a cowboy and stuff and it's like oh i'm looking it up you know it oh yeah yeah right it's where dreams go to die yeah the bodies were lodgers hitchhikers and acquaintances the bodies also would be buried in the backyard since oh, the cellar. Shit, there is like kids drawings on the wall and stuff right the cowboy like i was like Ooh. uh-huh the two cowboys that is, and you think about those girls playing. They would actually, they talked about when the water would rise, they would do like the floor is lava type of thing, and they would jump from things to other. And I'm like, oh. and if you miss, you fall into death water. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, bodies would also be buried in the backyard since the cellar floor was full, and on top of other bodies being hidden at um, previous West homes, because they moved around for he did. And then she followed along with him for a time until they settled on Cromwell Street. They actually rented it, and then it was like a rent-to-buy thing. That's when they were really escalating stuff. There is probable reason to believe that the next 19 murders still happened. They just don't know where the bodies were left. Mm. In 1973, and I'm going to go through each victim now that like they have for sure got the bodies on. In 1973, Linda Golf would visit Cromwell Street to visit a boyfriend that was lodging there. She was close to Rosemary's age, and they became fast friends. 
And so she would come in and all the time, like hang out with her boyfriend, then go visit Rosemary. And then eventually they broke up and she became a lodger herself. And uh, at that point, she began a consensual relationship with Fred and Rosemary. Eventually it got to the point where it was no longer consensual and she was murdered in the basement. Her remains were found in a formal car, former car inspection pit in the garage that had been converted into a bathroom. Nice. Yeah. Carol Ann Cooper, also known as Kaz, disappeared in November 1973 after boarding a bus back home after a night out with friends. I want to say she was like visiting some people and then visiting family and then was like, I'm going to go see some friends and then we're going to go party. And then I'm like, okay, well, I got to go back home. She also babysat for the West previously. Fred claimed he got her pregnant and killed her to prevent Rosemary from finding out. Just like with Anne. I mean, I think that Rosemary knew about Anne being pregnant. No. No, he was married to the first he, wife yeah. that he killed them. Raina. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, to prevent Raina from finding out. Like, he would hide those. And it happened more than once that he would get a girl pregnant and he's like, fuck, now I got to kill you. You know. Her um, her body was found in the cellar and she was 15 years old. Jeez. Lucy Partington had come home in December 1973 to visit family during the holidays. She had visited friends and was headed home. Oh, this is the one I was thinking about with that. She would headed home when she disappeared. They would pick up hitchhikers all the time. Fred had several stories, one saying they knew each other and had an affair, but it was more likely they just picked her up and murdered her. She was found in the cellar and she was 21 years old. Shirley Hubbard had ran away in November 1974. Fred had picked her up and also claimed that he impregnated her during the relationship and murdered her to cover it up from Rose finding out. She was found in the cellar and she was 15 years old. Teresa Singenthaler which is also known as the Dutch girl. That's what Fred referred. Like, how degrading that you can't even remember my fucking name and murdered me and you're just going to call me a Dutch girl. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't even Dutch. <laughs> she was studying in London and in April 1974, she intended to visit friends in Ireland and pla- pass through the Gloucester area and disappeared. Fred stated he picked up her up hitchhiking and he took her home to perform a sexual experiment that went horribly wrong and she died what you're not a doctor no a sexual experience you're not even a mr doctor (laughs) not even a mr doctor what is a sexual experiment yeah that goes horribly wrong any of them sound horribly wrong to me but who am i i feel like sexual and experiment don't go together they just don't you know what i mean she cha- he changed his account, though, several times, but he did decapitate her before burying her, too, in the cellar. She was 21 years old. Juanita Mott was picked up hitchhiking by Fred and was from Gloucester and had visited the Cromwell residence. She rented for a short time and was out of money, and Fred said, if you don't have any money, then you're going to have to fuck me and Rosemary. <laughs> it's like a wash dishes scenario in the worst fucking way. The worst way. Like, Get a fucking fuck this limp legged motherfucker <laughs> and his horny ass wife. No, thank you. And she didn't, does not look like she would have been a prostitute and all that stuff. At no, all. she just looks like a little nice British stay at home mom. Yeah, like 
pinnacle like 80s 70s style you yeah. know mm-hmm. like in that one i think she's in a maternity dress in that picture he picked her up in april 9 1975 and he raped tortured murdered and decapitated her before burning her body in the basement which i don't know how they didn't burn their fucking house up but whatever <laughs> and she was 18 years old shirley ann robinson was employed by rose's father bill and he had told her that she could rent the flat above the restaurant now while not approving of Fred at first, eventually Fred and Bill became friends. I guess their mutual love for Rosemary, I fucking don't know. <laughs> but they were both two sick fucking motherfuckers. Yeah. And uh, he was also just as bad as Fred about groping and, you know. And he oh, kept sure. giving these sexual advances towards Shirley. And she was like, I just can't. This is a lot. And she told Fred, who... They actually um, co-owned a place called the Green Lantern Cafe, and Fred would go in and visit and stuff, and she'd be like, I can't handle this anymore. I just need to find somewhere to live. I can't do this. And he's like, well, I ran out flats in Cromwell. Come on down. Yeah. I won't have any sexual advances towards you. (laughs) And so comes, like, they romance her pretty much, and she ends up having a relationship separately with both of the West and then becomes pregnant by Fred. Rose was fucking furious and wanted her gone despite Fred's wanting her to stay. She asked Fred to leave Rosemary for her and threatened to tell Rose the paternity of her baby. And now you're (laughs) You done fucked up, eh, Ron? Don't ever (laughs) tell Fred when you're pregnant. Yeah. And certainly don't ask him to leave his wife. Yep. I mean, first of all, there's better men. There's plenty of fish in that sea, okay? Plenty. With a better genetic background than that incestuous one. Oh, yeah. I, I know if he, his family was like, that's probably a generational thing. hmm In May 1978, Fred murdered her at eight months pregnant, and she was buried in the garden. The baby had to have ta- been taken out beforehand because the location of the baby's body suggests so, and she was 18 years old. Allison Chambers, at 16 years old, was a rebellious teen and visited Cromwell Street often. I mean, you had all these other people that were, like, kind of transient and friends and stuff, so she'd come and go to parties there or whatever. She became Rose's um, lover and then became lovers with Fred. She absconded from the children's home because she was super young in August of 1979 and disappeared. Her remains were also found in the garden with a belt tied around her head and jaw clamping it shut to prevent screaming. Hmm. That's a new one I've never heard of. I, me neither. That one kind of like threw me for... When they said belt around the head, I just thought about like around I the was head. just thinking around like the neck at first until yeah. you... And then when they realized that, I was like, oh, this is like a... Oh. She had been partly dismembered and bones were missing. Evidence suggested that she was objected to prolonged sadistic sexual assault and torture. She was 16 years old. In June 1987, Heather West was 16 years old and had been abused by her parents her whole life. She had been become she was becoming a troubled teenager, according shocking, according to her parents. The West, she the reason they were saying she was troubled was because she would not participate in sexual activities with Fred. She was a bad kid, All right? She also had threatened to call the police. Um, because they were also torturing her younger siblings. She was murdered 
but there was no evidence of sexual assault and she was buried under the patio. This suggests more of a clean kill to preserve the family unit, unit as this was something that was enforced with the children. They always would tell the kids, we have to keep the family together. Everybody's against us. Keep the family together. <laughs> We're always going to be better for you than anybody else. And I bet you, like to me, I feel like considering that she was not raped or they don't think that she was molested, that it was a quick kill, it was probably Rosemary. She was very vicious. So after they killed Heather and everything, they would make jokes. And they were like that all the time where they would like, don't do this or you're going to end up under the patio with Heather. Hmm. Could you imagine like your sister disappearing? And they said mm -hmm. they had told all the other kids that Heather had gotten a job that she had thought that she had lost. Like she had applied for this job. that's like amusement park or something. And they had turned her down. Well, they were like, oh, well, they called back and changed their minds and they wanted her to come work. So we sent her off there. All her shit was gone. Mm -hmm. She was gone. Nobody had heard from her. And all the siblings were very close with each other because they um, obviously are banding together with all this sexual abuse. And May recalls saying, like, you know, I waited a couple weeks, wanted her to get settled in, figured she was just so excited. That's why she didn't say bye. And then we just never heard from her. And that doesn't seem right. Heather would have told us. Heather would have let us know that she was okay. Some more of the adult children leaving home. Uh, Louise... She was the oldest of the girls that were left. And while the, all the kids went to school, she was kept home and told the kids, well, you know, she doesn't need school anymore. We're teaching her what she needs to know, blah, 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 blah. So she pretty much was like severely abused by her parents at this point. He was actually during this time breaking in his daughter. And eventually Louise told a friend who told her mother, which phoned the police. Rosemary stated that it was a false that it was false to the police and that because the police had seen their bondage and porn collection, because they had a lot of it concluded they were guilty. They were guilty with no evidence. I don't think so. Yeah. The children were all taken away and Rosemary was distraught to me. And May talks about it. She goes, at the time I'm thinking my mother's innocent, you know, cause I wasn't there. I was grown gone, you know, and, um, thought that dad would be more of a, harm like she had even sat louise to the side and said now that i'm gone you need to keep yourself safe from dad you need to make sure you're not alone and she's like i already know i already know so she's sitting there thinking like dad's the perpetrator mom's not doing that much you know she's angry but whatever in retrospect now she's lost control over mm -hmm. these people who were her playthings, mm -hmm. and that would be distraught for a person like her with the children gone, both Fred and Rosemary decided, you know what? Fuck them kids. <laughs> Look, legit, it was wild because, like, for a couple weeks, she was like, oh, my babies. My, 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 my. You know, mad she as was hell. like, man, fuck this. And um, Fred had been arrested for the rape, but because Louise couldn't, like, you know, testify against him, the case was dropped. So... Everybody had returned back to the, the home and everything. and Even the kids? No, not oh, the just... kids. Just those two were back home. So they were like starting this whole new idea. Like, you know what? We're going to have more kids. We're going to replace those kids with new kids. And May kept going like, but those are your children. She's like, fuck them. They ain't here. They ain't mine. Let's just have a whole bunch more. 
Yeah. And so Rosemary, during her career as a sex worker, happened. During her career, <laughs> you use that so like, okay, carry on. <laughs> she um, was having sex with these men and half of her kids were not Fred's kids. Oh, they were actually mixed again. children of her clients. And um, like Louise is one of those that was mixed. And I believe so. I'm pretty sure. Is that maybe not? I don't know. If I'm wrong. <laughs> it's Tell me right. about it. <laughs> <laughs> so at one point she ended up having her tubes tied or whatever. She was sterilized is what they say. So I don't know exactly what procedure she had had. But she had stopped ha- being able to have children. Well, now that they're designing, like, we got to fucking fix our family. Let's fucking do this. So she had her sterilization reversed. And at one point, she thought she was pregnant. Turned out it was not that. It was something else. And she was never able to get pregnant again. Thank Good. fucking God. Yeah. So with the whole thing with Louise and bringing all that attention on them, they started looking into Heather's disappearance more because they were, she was never actually reported missing mm-hmm. her. According to them, she was off of this amusement park, but oddly enough, there was nothing, no taxes, no vehicles, no rentals, nothing that indicate that there was any presence of life on radar, like just normally pursuing. Like if, if it really was what they said it was, she would have had paycheck steps. They would have heard mm-hmm. of her. She would have had to live somewhere. On the 24th of February, 1994, the rumors get to Constable Savage and they knock on the West door to serve a search warrant on their property. And they go in. She goes, goes into it really deeply because May for a long time was like the, the family kind of fractured when all this stuff came to light. And so she believed her mom and not her dad. And some of the kids believe the dad and not the mom. So kind of like all this tenseness starts welling up because some of them are living outside the home. And when this happens, they, you know, call the kids to come back to the house and they start bringing the family unit back together. It's weird. They start digging um, because they apparently had heard about Heather being killed and put under the patio and eventually i guess in his um he admitted to killing heather so they took him back down to cromwell street he pointed out where they buried her and then they took it back well they're sitting there waiting and they're in the yard and they're digging shit up and they find three thigh bones oh well she only had two yeah she only had two she wasn't three-legged so at this point the police come up to them and they're like we're now coming to discover that there might be more than one body here. They end up discovering three bodies in the backyard and six in the basement. Mm. And then Fred insisted that all the murders were his doing and not Rosemary. She didn't know nothing about it. She was an innocent angel. Isn't he just a protector of his mm-hmm. wife? And- it was kind of like Stockholm Syndrome with the kids and how they were because they both were... Fred, not as much, but Rosemary was an excellent manipulator. And so the relationships between the kids are still fractured in a lot of ways. It, it, all this manipulation actually had prevailed through adulthood with them all wanting to stay together. Rosemary was on remand, which is, I guess, like um, on parole. And Fred was in jail when the news broke January 1st, 1995, that Fred had committed suicide. Oh. 
he took his lunch to his cell, and knowing that he'd be alone for an hour, he took a sheet and fashioned a noose, which he hung from a vent. Then he kicked the chair that he was standing on away, hanging himself. It was probably a slow and painful death. Good. Hope it was. I hope so. And on the wall, he had written, like he had scratched in with like a pencil, Freddie, the mass murderer of Gloucester. He left a rosemary saying, and this is like the end, and it's a quote, All I have is my life. I will give it to you, my darling. When you are ready, come to me. I will be waiting for you. That's super creepy. Right? Now, as soon as like all this stuff started happening and Fred was like, I did it all. Rosemary went into this acting mode and act like she didn't want anything else to do with him. He was he murdered her child and blah, 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 yeah. blah. And she would like they talked about her being in the courtroom at the same time as him and him trying to talk to her. And she's like, fuck off, you know, this whole time, like she's complaining to her kids about it and everything. So she doesn't understand why he says that. But no church, cemetery or funeral home would take Fred's body. <laughs> They ended up cremating Fred and um, the kids had some arguments over who got it. Like Anne-Marie, who was raped at eight years old, she ended up believing her father, I think. Like there was some weird, like she was more on his side, even though she ended up testifying. I'm sure psychologically you're all kinds of damaged, man. Yeah. And so like they didn't invite her to the funeral thinking she wouldn't want to fucking come to this shit. Like the motherfucker raped her at eight years old. Why would she want to come? She was pissed. So Stephen, the brother, took the ashes to go so she could say her goodbyes. And he said they opened up the trunk and he handed it to her so she could do whatever. And she ran, went in there, <laughs> shut the door. <laughs> to this day, they do not know where his ashes are or what they did with them. They had originally planned to take the ashes and dump them on his parents' <laughs> Nobody knows. Let's <laughs> like, take it and run. <laughs> I would have just picked it and busted it right on the ground right, right? there. He ain't going nowhere. Fuck that motherfucker. Despite trying to get her charges dropped for Rosemary, they went full force charging her with all 10 murders because they had also discovered, you know, he had went in and started confessing about a lot of things, about Rena, about Charmaine, all that stuff. At the closer to the end, he actually flipped. So when you, you can actually look up on YouTube, the recordings, like missing recordings, he'll talk about, killing Charmaine how you know how what she did and how fucked up she was and how she'd fuck anybody and that she fucked her dad and this that real fucking crazy stuff and then then he sounds like a normal fucking British guy you know oh oh, love you know (laughs) and then she's got this voice and I was like I thought it was a tv or something in the background then I realized it was her fucking bitching and complaining Mm. because while she was on remand they took them out of the house that they had been living at Cromwell Street because now all that shit was a fucking crime scene. And they put them in like safety housing or something. And unbeknownst to them, they had bugged the whole fucking place before they moved in. And so all these are little recordings of Rosemary. Oh. And not knowing that they were because May was just trying to find out what happened, what's going on. And she's asking her these questions, unknowingly kind of getting her mom noosed up, which needed to happen to be honest. But there's evidence that suggests otherwise that she definitely participated, such as Linda Goff's mother, one of the victims. She had started searching for her child, right? She came by the house and asking about her warehouse. 
fucking Rosemary answers the door wearing a cardigan that l- belonged to Linda. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I mean, it looked very familiar. And it come to find out he, she would do that. She would take victims clothes and, and like he there's a recording of him going like, that's their fucking clothes. And she's like, but I washed them. <laughs> oh, if you ain't a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Prosecution requested that the judge allow similar evidence and won the argument for the testimony be heard. Similar evidence is evidence of the crime and cruelty that people who have had witnessed or were victims of despite not having direct ties to murder. So it's like she sexually assaulted me, although it has nothing to do with this murder. It's evidence that she is capable of doing that. Oh, yeah, sure. Anne-Marie was one such witness of the similar evidence. She spoke of her assault at eight years old and about the pad and how she chuckled at the damage done to her body and how it was normal. And then she claimed that Rosemary was not only a witness, but she had participated quite fully with the abuse. She had fashioned the vibrator that they used on her originally into one that could be inserted. And then she had to walk around the house with it. And Rosemary would just laugh at her. She sold her story to the Daily Star, Anne-Marie did. And so the defense tried to discredit her. Now, all these kids are poor, so I'm sure that had some to do with oh, it, yeah, you know? for sure. Caroline Owens, who survived um, and, her, and, and escaped, she testified as well. And Rosemary claimed that all of it was consensual and that when it stopped being consensual, she got Fred to stop and that Caroline had greatly exaggerated what happened. Okay, sure. We believe you. Yeah. After seven weeks of evidence, the judge instructed the jury, emphasizing the circumstantial evidence can be sufficient for a finding of guilt and that if two people take part in the, a murder, the law considers them equally guilty regardless of which of them did the deed. On the 21st and 22nd of November, the jury reached... I don't know why I said two different days. Oh, well, because <laughs> they probably se- tried them separately. They reached unanimous gr- guilty verdicts for all 10 murders. Terming her crimes appalling and depraved, Mr. Justice Mantell sentenced Rose to a life imprisonment, emphasizing that she should never be paroled. Then the Lord Chief Justice later decided that she should spend at least 25 years in prison. But in July 1997, Home Secretary Jack Straw subjected Rose to a whole life tariff. This was the second instance of a whole life tariff being imposed on a woman in the UK in modern times, with the first being serial killer Myra Henley in 1990. And so a whole life terror means... Yeah, life sentence. That's, that's it. Yeah, It's like, in America, life sentence is like, what, 25 years? But a lot of times it ends up being for their entire life. They, they stack that stuff. Mm-hmm. The, in Europe and the UK, it's not necessarily like that. Uh, was it Lars Brevnik or whatever was trying to get out? And he murdered all those people. Like, their systems are just completely different. But this well, it depends is, if you get a life with parole or a life without parole. Right. She's actually still alive and imprisoned at HM Prison, New Holland, West Yorkshire. And according to May, she treats it like a holiday. Like she'll ride her. And apparently because she has special status, the type of predator she is, she gets to wear regular street clothes, which is something I've never heard of. Mm-mm. Jimmy's Fun Facts. In the United Kingdom, women have not been required to wear prison-issue clothing since 1971 because research found it was better for their self-esteem and that they would respond better to rules if they could wear their own clothes. Men, on the other hand, 
have to earn their right to wear street clothing under an earned privileges incentive scheme. But, uh, so she'll write, like, to May, like, I need you to do this and I need you to do that. Now, the whole time that this stuff is happening at the beginning, May was actually pregnant. I think she was, like, in her early 20s at the time. And she talks about being pregnant through all this and coming to the realization as a mother herself, like, before being only a child and not ever have been a mother, you, you think one way about how your mother's abusing you. Like, oh, it's, it's for my own good or whatever. And then she becomes a mother and she's like, I could never imagine subjecting my child. I already she's knew. She's like, oh, this was way more fucked up than I thought it was. Exactly. And she had a lot of trouble like in her life trying to, you know, on and off relationships, um, relationships with older men kind of like the similar pattern with her mother, like older men because of the abuse, the father issues and stuff. Sure. So she struggled. She says that she does not have a relationship with Anne-Marie anymore, um, that she does to be to her brother Stephen and her sister Louise from time to time. But, I mean, they, at this point, a lot of it is just sheer trauma. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just like a trigger to see them or speak to them, I'm sure. Um. She's still in contact with the, her mother. And as of like the writing of the book, it was like 2015 or 16 or something. She was entering her 40s. She had two kids. She had finally met the love of her life. Somebody who did treat her well and is getting her happily ever after. But do you really ever get a happily ever after after a lifetime of abuse like that? I like to hope you do, but I don't think so. The home of... Cromwell Street is actually demolished and it's now a park with a walkway and you could look it up it's actually pretty like they tore down that one building and it's like two grassy areas and a pathway through and she's like I, I'm glad they did that because that's no longer that's not a home for me that's a house of horrors, horrors. you know and it makes it fitting for it to be a path to somewhere else yeah. just like in my life that was a path to going on somewhere else well put. Um, with May being pregnant, like she was a young single mother, she was obviously broke, but she would be like, May, I need you to get this. May, I need you to put this on commissary. How are you? Oh, I'm That's sure great. She That's great. But by the way, I need this. I oh, need I'm that. Sure. And then eventually, uh, she became friends and then the lover of, and this is um, Rosemary of Myra Henley, <laughs> the only yeah. other woman with the whole life tariff. <laughs> But they broke up. Don't worry. She's single Aww. again, guys. Oh, well, good. <laughs> Does she have a MySpace, too? No, but there is a picture of her, and she looks fucking ragged. <laughs> she did lead a rough life. Right? Now, while there were victims discovered, there is a strong possibility that there were many more. And oh, like, sure. Like Gacy. You know, he had all those people in his crawl space and stuff, and he ran out of room, and he started dumping them other places, and that's what really led to his downfall. It was the same thing with them. There was actually rumors of a piece of property that Fred had owned and that had possibly been a dumping site, but I don't think they've ever went out and did anything with that. I'd be curious where all those fucking finger bones and kneecaps went to. Yeah, no shit. Watch her be somewhere a fucking shrine of kneecaps oh, made in his image. Gross. <laughs> he, uh, he hinted to this in his confessions, but, you know, of course, no bodies have ever been found. That is the story of Fred and Rosemary West, the incestuous, fucking disgusting murderers. 
Well, it was very well written. Good job. Thank you. I enjoyed it in a not enjoyable way. <laughs> I enjoyed that you told me this story. But it was disgusting. Didn't like the sex parts. Not even a little bit. <laughs> Zero out of ten would like to listen to again. That's why I told Zero you I needed to get these out of my brain. Yeah. Because it was very good, though. It kind of messed me up because the even the I don't read read books. It'll put me to sleep. I like Audible. And the lady who did the voice for the Audible was British. And so it was hard not to think that that wasn't her voice, <laughs> you know, and she did so well with it that it, I can hear her voice in my head talking about these disgusting things. And it's like, OK, I need to switch this up and talk about another murder. Oh, need my a, God. Need a mind bleach, not a mind <laughs> cleanse. Right. <laughs> well, as always, you guys, don't Stay. forget to. Oh. Oh, yeah, you're kidding. Sorry. I you got to do done. our plugs. Sorry. Do it. Our production manager would kill us. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, don't forget to subscribe and rate us on any platforms you listen to. Check out our merch that's um under our link tree in the bios of our Facebook and our Instagram, which if you feel so inclined, you can also follow us there. Please do. If you have any of your own Too Close to Home stories, don't don't hesitate to reach out. We want to hear about your creepy shit. You know what I'm saying? Both show. We share our creepy shit. You share your creepy shit. We in this creepy shit together. together. <laughs> but uh, until next time, you guys. Stay safe. Keep your head on a swivel. And don't bring it too close to home. <sighs> if you do, get some therapy because you're going to need it. <laughs> you're going to need it. You're going to need more than one therapist. You're going to need all the therapists. All of them. Every therapy. Yep. <laughs> Except for that electroshock. Don't get that there. One would say it's shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of Too Close to Home, don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on most platforms. Follow us on our social media at Too Close Home Pod on Facebook, at Too Close Podcast on Instagram, or if you have your own Too Close to Home experience, shoot us your story at Too Close to Home at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>